Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shapwurst. With me is Vinny Tadaro. And uh, got another not-so-great Cowboys game to talk about as they lose to the Chiefs. Uh, 19-9, to, to nine, as, as everyone expected, of course. A low-scoring <laughs> dud of a game. Um, so we'll we'll be talking a lot about that game, and then we've got a short week. Obviously, it wasn't a dud. It wasn't a dud for the Kansas City defense. Yeah, I, I just I just meant for the for the viewers more than anything. Oh, yeah. It was supposed to be this, you know, I know shootout, heavyweight yeah. battle of offenses, and not so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll be talking about that, and then we've got the short week. Cowboys play the Raiders on Thanksgiving. Talk about that. A lot of injuries. And some of them, it sounds like there's actual timetables, others still up in the air. So that'll definitely play a big factor in their game against the Raiders. So we'll, we'll talk about all that. But as always, we'll start off with a trivia question. And this week, it is Vinny's turn to ask the question. So go okay. right ahead. So everybody, even if they weren't watching at the time, everybody's heard of Kervin Richards. He's the, the running back yeah. who was behind Emmett Smith, who fumbled twice in a game, and Jimmy yeah. cut him pretty much on the spot. Right. And actually, I think warned him after the first fumble, if you fumble again, you're going to be off the team. So everybody knows about him. But who was the running back the Cowboys drafted? And it was pretty high. I think it was second round to be Emmett Smith's backup shortly thereafter, Kervin Richards. Uh, hmm. Second round. I'm not... I feel like he was the guy because i if i'm not mistaken and i could be kervin richards was the 92 guy who kind of messed up at the end of the year and then 93 was emmett's holdout so my guess is it's the guy that was and i'm whiffing on the name but i know there was a guy who played also not well with in emmett's absence Man, I cannot remember. It ain't him. It ain't him. Okay. Well, that helps. Yeah, I, I don't know then. <laughs> All right. I know. Right, you think of Derek Lassick. Yes. Derek Lassick, there we go. The guy they put in. Yeah, he was not a second round draft yeah. pick, though. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, all right. This guy, well, his first name is the same name as a paint company. Oh, Sherman Williams? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think you would get it on that hint. You know your paints. Yeah, yeah. Sherman Williams. So he never really, he never at least bust, like had a disastrously bad string, but he also wasn't really no. good. So, no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's jump into the Cowboys-Chiefs game. Um, it was a, a thrilling match if you were... Uh, if you were betting the under in in that game, if you you were saying you know there's these two high powered offenses, they're not they're they're not going to score any points. I'm I'm going to make the contrarian pick. You were probably nervous at the beginning because the Chiefs are scoring, and you're probably thinking the Cowboys are going to 
have to score a lot to keep pace, and then it just absolutely halted to a stop. For for anyone else, it was just not a very entertaining game and, and not a great showing by the Cowboys. Um, what were your what were your impressions after this game? What I, I know we've been you've been saying throughout the season that you're not going to make any any uh, definitive statements or, or really give your final thoughts of the team until Thanksgiving, which we're not yeah. quite there yet, but we're, we're getting well, close. Well, I mean, I mean, people could look at that as cowardice, but I, I think it's, you know, uh, I, I think it's the, the, the best way to judge a team. I didn't make it up. Bill Parcells taught it to yep. me. <laughs> the one thing I would like, I would like to give myself props I long time ago I said Connor Williams was not the left guard we needed and was really not cut out to be a guard in this league and he was he lost his starting job to Connor McGovern this week who outperformed him in practice and Connor Williams had 10 penalties and eight starts this year so he lost his job so I got to give myself props for that one yeah. however at the same time Connor McGovern did not perform nobody on the offensive line performed well I uh, yeah. prop for the most or at least Maybe Lyle Collins did, but yeah. for most of them, did not perform well. Yeah, even Zach uh, Martin Sunday. gave up a sack. So what? Even Zach Martin gave up a sack. He's usually about as yeah solid. As but he was can. going against the second best defensive tackle in the league. Yeah, you know, I remember Nate you Newton can't. giving up sacks to, to John Randall. Yeah. I remember Larry Allen gave up two sacks in one game to a guy named Joe Jackson on the New Orleans Saints when Larry mm-hmm. Allen was playing left tackle. And Larry Allen was furious the whole week with himself. So, um, but yeah, no, Connor Williams is gone. Um, he won't be with the Dallas Cowboys anymore, nor should he. And uh, Connor McGovern, uh, d- despite a uh, an inauspicious debut, I think is going to be a very good guard for us in the future. So there's a little positivity from somebody who's often <laughs> criticized for being too negative. Yeah. But what's happening is we are seeing Kellen Moore's star grow dimmer and dimmer by the week. And if the Broncos game wasn't bad enough, this game really has to put doubts in the minds of people who want to make this young guy, really young guy, he's not much older than you, um, a head coach. Because he has been completely stifled by two defenses, neither of which is is that good. It's not like we were facing the uh, the Bucks or somebody like that, uh, or the Cardinals. Two, de- two defenses, neither of which was very good, made us look like assholes and so Kellen Moore is going to be with the Dallas Cowboys next year for better or for worse as their offensive coordinator I would say that with pretty pretty good certainty at this point unless he just kills it the rest of the year and they like they go deep into the playoffs which is not going to happen but you know you can look at it and say well what's going on now I mean have, has have people figured out the Dallas Cowboys has it been the injuries have the Dallas Cowboys been outperforming their talent? And it's probably a combination of all three. I've always said Dak Prescott is a system quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. He's somebody who really was struggling before they brought Amari Cooper in. And there was no Amari Cooper in this game. However, Amari Cooper did play against the Broncos. 
So when when things are going, you know, when when the system is really built to suit just about any quarterback in this league, Dak can look really good. When it's not, he starts to show more of what he really is. So he's a system quarterback. And therefore, he was highly overpaid by the Cowboys. I said two years ago that they should have traded him and gotten Ryan Tannehill or Teddy Bridgewater. I stick by that. I'd rather see either of those two guys instead of Dak Prescott. If they had done that, they would have had money to re-sign Michael Gallup, even though I don't think they're going to be able to do that because he's going to want to be a clear number one guy after this season. All right, but still, they, they could certainly use the cap space. Made a mistake bringing Dak Prescott back. Dak... Did not perform well against the Broncos. Did not play well against this team either. And the offensive line, the, the whole offense was flat. So yeah. we're and, and Amari Cooper didn't play because of COVID. Again, what do you look at? Well, I think you really got to look at the leadership of the Dallas Cowboys. There is no leadership on the Dallas Cowboys, or there's very little of it. I, got, I give them credit for benching Connor Williams, but there's no leadership. Amari Cooper should have been vaccinated. If not, he should have been playing things a lot more safer than he did. It was his fault that he came down with COVID. His fault, okay? And same thing when Zerline got it and... They so and they really need Amari Cooper. He's a really good receiver, but without him, they still should have scored touchdowns. It wasn't yeah. just Amari Cooper missing. All right. But this is this offense got outplayed and outcoached. Now for the second time in three weeks against again a defense that is middle of the road, and I think that we are getting close to an answer as to who this team is. All right now, thanks. Thanksgiving, I'll feel more sure of it. But this is an above-average team that will not go anywhere in the playoffs. That's what the that's what I think the Dallas Cowboys are. They've been overrated. The hype machine began as soon as they played Tampa, so real tight. The hype machine went into full force, and that's what you've got. Now, were they hurt by injuries? Yes, Amari right. Cooper. You know, Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory weren't in there, but I don't think it mattered because the defense still only gave up 19 points, which gets back to my point. I don't think Demarcus Lawrence is that important to this team. He's another guy who never should have gotten paid what he did. He's a bum, all right, and he's an overrated player. Randy Gregory, I, I hope to God they don't give this guy a big contract because there's always something wrong with him. Yeah. So I think they need to be really careful this offseason. They're stuck with Dak. But they got some other guys that he can move around. Tyron Smith, Honey Bunch, Tyron Smith, always injured. Got to get rid of him. Yeah, I mean, so so my big takeaway from this game, I, I don't, I feel like I've been saying this week after week, but for the last couple weeks, I, I don't think this game changes a whole lot of my view of this team, but it, it does definitely and I think the last two weeks, it was for different reasons. The last two weeks, it was, you know, you just kind of throw out the worst of the worst where we just kind of came out flat and, and Dak, you know, was clearly off coming back from injury. And then last week, we played a bad team and just wiped the floor with them. This week, I think the big takeaway I had was we're a very top-heavy team. And, and I actually think we have a chance... To make a, a run, but 
we it's a very small margin of error because of how we're built. We're we're top heavy and we're top heavy at at valuable positions to to our team building credit. We've got when when healthy two elite receivers and elite left tackle um depending on how you look at it whether you consider Mike Parsons defensive end or not I would say at least three very good defensive ends if you consider Mike Parsons one um cornerback that's kind of debatable how you value Parsons plays defensive end better than anybody on our team he absolutely should and I'll get to that my my Mike Parsons rant but um, and then Dak, you know, I, I would consider him very good at his best. You know, I don't know if he's ever quite reached the elite level, but this is, but you know, very good plus quarterback. But things have to be going well for him. There's no doubt about that. And when pieces start dropping off, I mean, he's shown he's not able to make up for the difference. And, you know, that's not a good sign for as for losing, you know, free agents, I think, I mean, we've been without Michael Gallup for most of the season. We've been fine. So I don't think that loss would be monumental, but, but Tyron Smith, I I really think Tyron Smith might be our most valuable player on the team right now in the sense that the difference between him and the backup is the biggest difference that any single position, maybe even more than Dak to Cooper Rush, maybe, um, but definitely that loss. And then, I mean, we were, we had CD lamb for the whole first half. So you can't say yeah. that he had no one to throw to the whole the receivers game. were poor. The right. receivers played like shit. Well, right. They dropped and, half the ball thrown to him. Yes. And, and that was, you know, I don't put it all on Dak. He didn't have a great game, but I don't think he was disastrously bad. It, it was another kind of flat performance, but I do think we, underestimate how how much Amari Cooper takes pressure off the other receivers and and definitely Amari and CeeDee Lamb I mean we saw Michael Gallup as much I like him he's he's kind of my guy he's not a number one receiver and someone's probably going to pay him like that in the offseason and and you know good good for him you know get your money but he really is is a you know solid number two and I and I think that's really the extent of it um but i mean the the connor williams connor mcgovern thing it's it is interesting to me because when i first saw it i was i was kind of like huh that's that's interesting i actually did kind of like it because connor mcgovern i thought would match up a little better with chris jones being a little more powerful connor williams that's always been kind of his achilles heel but i do think I think Connor Williams has gotten a lot of flack and, you know, the penalties are, are killers. There's no doubt about it. But I, I also think you, you know, to completely dismiss him as a trash player or a bad player because oh, of that. I'm not saying that. You no, know, I, I know you're He's not. But the fan, the fan base does because of that. The, the penalties and because, you know, he'll have some bad single snaps. But down to down... He's, no, he's good. pretty solid, yeah. And uh, not to say Connor McGovern won't be. He wasn't very good this game, but I, I, yeah, I think he'll he'll do better. The Raiders, I think, will be a better litmus test because their defensive tackles are not 
they don't have a Chris Jones. But but no, I I think this you know there's there have been teams that have won Super Bowls with a lot of injuries. The 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 prime example I think of is the 2003 New England Patriots, their second Super Bowl. Um, and you know the the Philadelphia Eagles most recently without their starting quarterback, without their starting left left tackle. Um, yeah. yeah. But. There are other teams where I, f- I feel like if they lost the teams that did end up winning Super Bowls, that I I would feel pretty confident saying if they had lost player X, player Y, there's no chance. And, and you know McCarthy's won Super Bowl. If he if he had lost Aaron Rodgers or Charles Woodson, I don't think they they would have had a chance at winning that Super Bowl. Well, the Patriots never win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. Right. They're you know. <laughs> They're they're looking good right now, but yeah, no, that, but that's you're right, and you know the Colts with Peyton Manning, pretty much just about any starting quarterback, you can say that with the exception of Carson Wentz, um, but but no, I mean that's that's the reality of of this team um, uh, with left tackle Terrence Steele. I don't think he was as bad. He had one really ugly snap, but for the most part, he wasn't. A disaster he wasn't you know the, his first game as left tackle the Broncos game that was the one really bad one where he was just consistently getting whooped um but it, it certainly wasn't a good game either and and say what you want about Tyron Smith not being available but when he's been on the field this year he has been one of the best left tackles and probably the best pass blocking left tackle in the NFL I and, agree and that's hugely valuable um, and, and I, you know, it sounds like, and I think of those three guys, cause, cause you're totally right. And, and I, I'm a huge DeMarcus Lawrence fan, as you know, but Michael Parsons is a better pass rusher. There's, it's not even a question. And, and he, his emergence has made DeMarcus Lawrence or Randy Gregory expendable. I, I will say, um, in a perfect world where we recognize that. Micah Parsons should be a defensive end because he's better at it than just about any rookie I've ever seen. I, I think the only guy I can think of offhand who has made has been this immediately dominant as an edge rusher, which is a hugely valuable position, more valuable than off-ball linebacker, is Javon Curse. And, you know, Von Miller Von Miller had a had a Good rookie year, but he didn't really take off till his second year. Same with Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, same with Demarcus. With the same thing with Demarcus or, Ware. Sorry, Demarcus Ware. Demarcus Ware right. got run over. His, yeah. his rookie year. Yeah, he got now, better at the end of the year, but yeah, for the most part, it was yeah, it wasn't a great rookie year. I uh, was I I was a little I was a little too young to uh, appreciate. Lawrence Taylor, and I know people are going to get on me for bringing his name up and comparing anybody to him, but Micah Parsons has some Lawrence Taylor in him. Now, he's not going to be Lawrence Taylor because there's only one Lawrence Taylor, and I don't think there'll ever be another linebacker as dominant or as game-changing as Lawrence Taylor. But Micah Parsons is having a rookie season that is almost on par with Lawrence Taylor's rookie season. 
All right. And that, yeah. he, I mean, and, and he is doing it at defensive end and he's doing it at middle linebacker, whereas Lawrence Taylor was strictly an outside linebacker. Right. They played a 3 4 yeah. at the Giants with Parcells, and they strictly had him rushing the passer. And right. he would just, sometimes he would ignore the play call completely and just totally freelance. Yeah. And, and make big plays. They would change their playbook because of Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. Can you imagine anybody else getting Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells to change their minds? <laughs> right. I mean, you know. That was LT- before they were the names that they are today, right. to be fair. But right. yeah. But they no, had personalities right. already. They already had those personalities. That's true. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but Micah Parsons, yeah, Micah Parsons looks very very good and yeah i think his future probably is as a defensive end who could play middle linebacker you can move him around he's a chess piece but i agree with you i think he's better more valuable because that's a harder position to fill than middle linebacker and that you know next year they should go looking for they're going to need another linebacker because van der is shit right so is Keanu Neal. I, I had high hopes for Keanu Neal, but he has been—he he hasn't done anything this year, and and that's that's what I think the problem is. Is Micah Parsons is our best off-ball linebacker, and and we don't want to lose that. But at the same time, he's he's a good off-ball linebacker, but he's an elite edge rusher. He dominates tackles and and especially bad offensive tackles which as I they did exactly what I wanted them to do which I I was glad and I think that was a big part of why we played well is we we did we limited the big plays we got it as much as we're trashing on the offense we got to give the defense some credit we didn't give up any huge plays we gave up like a maybe a 20 plus yard pass we gave up a sweep to Tyreek Hill for 30 but n- none of the 80-yard bombs that I was envisioning going into right. this game. Um, and I, I thought our safeties, as a, as a collective unit, our safeties played very well. Donovan Wilson was flying all around. Javon Curse with the big interception. But, but more than anything, we put Micah Parsons at defensive end, and we put him on their weakest linebacker, and he just ate his lunch. And that's what you've got to yeah. do. You know, anytime you have that weakness, put Micah Parsons on that guy and just watch him wreak habit. He's done it all season. And not to say he can't do it on, you know, good offensive tackles as well, but especially bad offensive tackles. He's just, he's just too athletic and too, 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 you know, fierce as a player. And, and th- those guys cannot handle him at all. Um, they're going to, I mean, see, no, so they're going to, you know, Dallas is playing. And the other thing that really upsets you about the offense is that, okay, they were without Tyron Smith and Amari Cooper. Right. All right. Obviously, that hurts. Yeah. But the defense is without the entire starting defensive line. Right. I mean, Micah Parsons was supposed to play middle linebacker this year. And DeMar- it was supposed to be Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory at defensive end. And then inside, it was going to be Neville Gallimore, who is my guy who I'm completely disgusted with because he's just disappeared into the wild blue yonder. I don't even hear anything about him. All right. No, no. So I don't know. I don't know if he wants to play football. All right. And 
the uh, the other tackle was supposed to be, is it was free agent disappointment Brent Urban. Yep. Yeah, he is. You know, he he wasn't doing so hot when he was in there. I don't think he's been any better than Carlos Watkins, actually. No. I, yeah, I, I've got to say my my feelings on the free agents have been pretty off. Uh, not like, Carlos too. Watkins hasn't been great, but he hasn't been bad. And Brent Urban has not been great. And I thought he would at the very least provide some solid run anchoring and hasn't even really done that um and then jaron curse has been easily i think our best free agent signing and and yeah. i didn't think much of him initially no, I, nobody did i kind of want to no go did. back there there was one guy one guy on twitter who made a really strong plea for Javon curse i think he was like a vikings fan and, and curse played for the vikings uh, and that actually made me think a little more highly of him i gotta give that guy props but um but yeah i mean for the most part it was a disappointing free agent you know turnout and again i think this is just it's a team that is well casey's been good that's true that's true i i think curse has been no they, they've both been good they'd be 1a 1b of the free agent class and Malik Hooker has been kind of more up and down than those two, but he he was I thought pretty decent in this game. Um, the rookie corners, um, again, big yeah. boss man or fat dog, whatever his name is, big boss okay. man fat, big yes. boss man fat. You know, just totally ridiculous shit. I mean, was he he was home for personal reasons? Was he doing another rap album? I mean, the guy is just never fucking around yeah i don't care about his stupid problems is he either injured or he's fighting with a coaching staff or he's got a personal issue get him off my team don't why did you draft him in the second round and the third rounder are you kidding me and you know will mcclay will mcclay has gotten lucky in the last two drafts because any asshole would have known to draft cd lamb all right, when he fell, and any asshole would have known the draft Micah Parsons once Sertan and J.C. Horn, who've really done nothing this year, were off the board. All right, mm-hmm. there's no brainers for him. All right, now you look at you talked about the importance of the left tackle position. Why hasn't it? They've had years. But yeah, no, I mean they they drafted what was it josh ball this this draft and he hasn't done anything i mean he hasn't surplanted uh, even ty nishki the kind of journeyman uh, tackle that we picked up in free agency who has also been a a disappointment not a huge disappointment as much as like keanu neal but but yeah we haven't addressed it well bottom line no yeah no that he's he's missed and he, you know, and look, um, Terrence Steele has shown that he could be a very good right tackle. I think he's got a future in this league at right tackle as a starter. Left tackle, I don't know if swing tackle is really going to be his forte. Let's yeah. give him a little bit more time to develop. He's only started two games. But right tackle, I think we, we, we might have something there. 
Okay, so we've at least got a backup right tackle. Right. We need a backup left tackle. All right, so next year I would definitely be looking to replace Tyron Smith in the offseason and Michael Gallup um, and getting a backup quarterback. But the other thing is that what the Ward kid you know, is a nightmare. I mean, Wilk McClay gave him to the Kansas City Chiefs. We got him for nothing as an uns- as an undrafted free agent. Now he's out there starting for the Kansas City Chiefs. They have a good secondary. They're pretty strong across the board, and he makes a big play against us. We need him. We he could he could possibly supplant Anthony Brown, or at least he'd at least be the number four guy. He'd be yeah. better than any of the rookies that we've got, or Maurice Kennedy, who's disappeared into nowhere, no man's land. Okay, and. It was just, we just gave them away. Yeah. And the Chiefs' defense, I mean, to, to, to only score nine points against them, they are not a very good defense. They're very much a middle-of-the-road pack. Yeah. And we just fired blanks. It well, was if we were intimidated. We, play, we played scared. Well, I thought uh, I thought the offense looked scared, and the receivers seemed like they were terrified because they were dropping anything that was brown. Yeah. Well, I'll say this: I, I going into the week, what you know, this was our our show was before the news about Amari Cooper. Um, going into it, I I had said the Chiefs' defense, they're they're second, they're similar to us. Their secondary is actually playing. I'd say their secondary's been playing better than us, and I wasn't oh, and who, worried who's about their safety. Who's their safety? My boy Juan Thornhill, along with yeah, Tyron what, Matthew. Yeah, what, what do we got out of the deal? Fucking Tristan Hill. Fucking Tristan Hill. Yep. Um, yeah, that one's a. At least we're doing all right at safety now. But yeah, that was a uh, awful one. But. But no, I mean, the Chiefs going in, I thought they were a pretty solid secondary. But against Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, it doesn't matter. Like, they're going to beat just about any secondary in the NFL. And, and, you know, outside of maybe Jalen Ramsey, there's not a cornerback that's going to contain these guys. But when you go down to three, four, and five, the Chiefs match up, matched up really well against us is the bottom line, I think. And they're an aggressive, you know, blitzing kind of defense. And if you've got guys that can win quickly, that's how you beat those kind of teams. And, and to his credit, before this game, Dak was, I think, the number one quarterback in the league against the blitz. But in this game not not so much and i think that was that was definitely a big part of it was we didn't you know we didn't have guys that were separating it and you know we've been talking about the drops which definitely hurt us but at the same time we had a wide open uh, at least a 30 yard play on the first play of the game to Michael Gallup and Dak just missed him, and and it could have very well been a touchdown. There was basically one guy to beat coming right. in hot. Gallup could have easily sidestepped him and been off to the races. Who knows how that would have changed things? But yeah, I I do think once C.D. Lamb went down, like as soon as he it was like oh he might be injured, I was like okay this this game's done and, and not maybe that wouldn't have made a difference. No but touchdowns. Yeah. 
no touchdowns. Zeke Elliott. What the hell was he doing out there? Yeah. Somebody want to tell me? Because I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought this was his rebound season, and he's falling back to his old ways. Yeah. Now, now looking now like an average runner again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We need to start clamoring for Tony Pollard a little more because that seems to be Tony the only Pollard. time he yeah. steps up. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, I. I yeah, I, I think we we really, in retrospect, we should have run the ball a lot more in the second half with you know, how badly our, yeah, with Pollard specifically, but with how bad our, our passing game was. Um, yeah, so I wanted to touch on some of the injuries. So it sounds like right now it looks like Tyron Smith is, is on track to play against against the Raiders, which would be a huge addition. Like I said, I, I think you could make a good argument. He's the biggest – him being back is the biggest boost of any potential injury. Um, yeah, but he's got to respond. He's got to, he's got to understand, and the Dallas Cowboys have to understand that with great power and, and great – and he's great player. With that comes great responsibility. And you just can't miss this many games. And when your body gets beat up to the point where his is, it's time to consider retirement because yeah. you, you know you're going to be a lot. You're going to be a liability. Going to yeah. be a lot. You're going to be a liability. You're just not going to be out there. And you know it's one thing if you have a GM capable of finding a good replacement, but yeah. we we haven't had that. We don't. We haven't had. I mean, next year I'm sure they'll draft somebody else. Yep. It's a question of what what round that that doesn't strike me as a position that we are just not valuing. If if anything, there's just an over overly optimistic outlook of Tyron Smith's longevity, um, and there's, we'll see how if that changes or not. But there's one thing about Emmett Smith when I when I look back to the the Jimmy Johnson Cowboys. They were deep at certain positions, mm -hmm. linebacker, defensive line. However, they were also lucky because they had nobody behind Emmett Smith. Yeah. And they were deep at quarterback, but they had nobody behind Michael Irvin and nobody behind Jay Novacek. If those guys had suffered serious injuries though, during those super, those three Super Bowl years, yeah. the, they might not have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because there was no one. And Emmett Smith, you know, he went back into the Giants game that time. He dislocated his shoulder. He, part of the reason he went back in is because he knew what Jimmy, how Jimmy Johnson was. Yeah. And he said this. He said, I knew Jimmy wanted me to play. And they had nobody else behind him. Yeah. And with Tyron Smith, as much as he's paid and as good as he is, and with nobody behind him, he's got to play. And if he can't play, I'm sorry. I'm willing to cut ties with the guy next year if it means saving a lot of money on the cap. Uh, they, yeah. they, all of these things that we t I talk about are all go with the caveat of how that that they would be beneficial okay. to the salary cap. And mm -hmm. I don't know if cutting Demarcus Lawrence or cutting uh, 
uh, Smith would be beneficial to the cap. Because I think they've reworked those contracts, and those guys are going to be here for the long haul. Yeah. Well, I, I think it all dep- with Tyron Smith, it's it's going to all depend on how the rest of the season ends. Because if, I mean, if we've been whole, if he could have come back these last few weeks, but our you know medical staff felt like if we gave him you know one more week, then he's you know. Very, then, then the outlook of him lasting the whole season is much higher, then I'm all for it. If he comes back on Thursday and immediately goes out again, which is kind of what he did in, in the Vikings game, then it's then we rushed him back too early. That That's the... Or, or maybe, you know, maybe he is really just done, and, and no matter how long we give him, when he comes back in, he's... You know, he's just not capable of lasting another, you know, more than one game in a row. And if that's the case, if, if he's at that stage, which Roma was, then, yeah, he, he should he should probably just retire. Um, but we'll we'll see it, if he can play, if he can string together, uh, you know, from now to the end of the season at the level he's he was at for the rest of the games he played this season which is a big if but if he can then that's a game changer then i think we're a legitimate contender independent of just about anything else with with maybe Dak's health being the exception um but the other thing that that does play a factor not quite as big as as tyrone's is cd lamb who i you know any kind of concussion, I, I automatically think you're going to miss one week, and especially when it's a short week. But it sounds like there is a chance he might actually play, um, which, you know, it, it's it's tough with concussions, but if, if he passes all the protocols, I mean, we, we do definitely need him. The, the And then the other piece of news... Like you said, Neville Gallimore, there has been absolutely nothing on him. I did look. But Demarcus Lawrence was activated off the IR. And as I'd said last week, I, I, he's go, he's almost certainly going to be back, not this week, but the week after, which which that will help, I think. Um, I hope. I mean, who's starting there now? Terrell, yeah, well, Terrell Basham starting there now. Right, who's another and disaster yeah. Golston's there. Yeah. And Golston, another guy that's been up or down as, as a rookie. All, really, all the rookie D linemen outside of Parsons have been pretty up and down this year. But, um, but yeah. We'll, we'll give Golston a chance because he's a rookie. But Terrell right. Basham, I think, has had enough time in this league that we know what he is. Yes. Yeah, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather keep... Uh, Dorrance Armstrong over Basham. Dorrance Armstrong yeah. had a nice game against the Falcons, and and he's <laughs> and he's younger. He, he's yeah. Dorrance Armstrong. I want to say is like only twenty three years old. Like I think we drafted him when he was twenty. Um, let me check on that. But yeah, Dorrance Armstrong. All day over Terrell Basham. Terrell Basham, I think, is uh, he's 24, but still, he's in his like what his fourth year in the league, and he's just now. Oh, he's a free agent. Yeah, 
and I wouldn't mind signing him to a you know two three million a year contract. I think that would be a good a good value for a guy who uh, has a little. Uh, but you know, somebody somebody's gonna come around. Uh, he doesn't have big sack totals though. That that's the thing. Like if if he was not actually playing that well, but he had some sack numbers, then yeah, for sure he's getting a ten million. But I think we could, unless he balls out and gets you know like seven more you know cleanup sacks where he actually didn't do anything, someone's gonna sign him then. But at his current rate, if he just has another one or two the rest of the year. I think we'd get him on the cheap. Um, I thought they had the linebacker situation solved. I thought Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox were going to be the future. I thought Neil was going to be pretty good. And um, Jabril Cox, I think, will be a good linebacker. He's right. hurt. Um, but Micah Parsons, I, he, obviously, he'd be a very good linebacker, but I think he's he's best suited for the edge, yeah. which makes – either Demarcus Lawrence or Randy Gregory expendable. Yeah. And Randy Gregory is a guy that you just can't depend upon. It's always it's right. one thing after another with the guy. I know he lo- he's looked very good uh, this year, but he's also in a contract year. Right. Right. That is so, a very good point. And, and, you know, he's been unreliable in the past. He, he's always had the talent and he's shown it this year. But I'd ra- I'd rather keep Demarcus Lawrence at his current price tag than pay Randy Gregory even seventy five percent of what Demarcus Lawrence is is getting paid they got because of scary, that. They got a scary off season. Yeah. Coming up. Yeah. And, and I think it's it's a fair question to ask. Like, is this are we going to have barring another you know miraculously good draft? Are are we going to have as talented a team as we have this year anytime soon? I, I think it's going to be tough. It's definitely possible. Um, you know, there have been guys that have progressed, and, and that's what you hope for is the well, young guys guy, get better. One guy who's got to go, and it better be a savings on the cap, is fucking Blake Jarwin. Oh, yeah. I think that's that's the no – that should be a no-brainer. Um we got to see what the cap ramifications are. Dalton yeah. Schultz had a pretty decent game actually yesterday. Yeah, he was he, the one. The only person who did. Right, right. He was the one constant receiving threat. Um, but yeah, so jumping into this upcoming matchup, we got the Raiders on a short week. The Raiders are <laughs> coming off a thorough shellacking from the Bengals. And by the way, the Bengals. Before the Raiders got whooped by the Browns, the same Browns team that just barely beat the Lions yesterday, they also lost to the Jets, the Mike White-led Jets, and they actually oh made they made Mike White look like a good quarterback. So this is the defense that the Raiders just put up 13 points on. Like if any if there was any defense in the league that you was going to make your stumbling offense look good, it should have been the Bengals, and the Raiders still look shitty. So uh, I think if Tyron Smith plays just him alone, we, we should win this game, no question. If, if he was out, 
it's definitely more debatable. Um, and I would be if I was if he was out and I was a, a betting person and in a betting state, I would probably pick the Raiders to cover the spread at the very least because I think right now we're favored by like six and a half or seven. But if Tyron Smith's healthy, even if Lamb isn't playing, I think we we should be able to win because I think we'll run the ball on them. They're the Raiders have a better defense this year than they did last year. Last year, they were almost as bad as we were last year on defense, but they've got Max Crosby, who might be one of the best edge rushers in the league this year and and is one of the more kind of out of the blue uh, performer. He he was a guy that is a prime example of like (laughs) the sack versus pressure thing where his rookie year, he had like 10 sacks, but didn't really generate pressure at a very good rate. And then last year, he it, he regressed naturally. And this year, he doesn't have an insane amount of sacks. I think he only has like six or seven, but he's on pace to set or tie the record for pressures. He has a ton of quarterback hits. Like he has been, he's been really good. Um, so that, and that's a big part of why I think Tyron Smith, he's one of the few guys in the league that I think can just about eliminate any defensive end, including Max Crosby. Um, they've also got Yannick Ngakwe as well, who's who's cooled down a little bit, but still a good rusher. But other than that, I think their cornerbacks are, are pretty good, but that's about it. Their defense, I don't think their linebackers are great. I think we can run the ball on them especially if Tyron Smith is back and, and their offense is just a mess. Like ever since, ever since Henry Ruggs, that, that incident, they've been terrible. What, what happened with him? Cause I, that flew by me completely. He's gone. Yeah. I mean, he, he killed a, a woman and her dog, I believe driving drunk at 150 miles an hour. And uh, that, that completely flew under my, I don't know where I was. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, just from a football standpoint, that was a big loss for them beyond just the mental toll of like one of your teammates is, you know, a murderer and probably going to jail for the rest of his life. And they took him instead of Jerry Judy or CD Lamb. Lamb. See, yeah. Yeah. They sure did. That's John Gruden for you and Mike Mayock. Right. So, yeah, since, since that happened. Mike Mayock has to go back to the just sitting in the draft and doing it, analyzing the draft yeah, TV. Yeah, blowing smoke for a yeah. living. Yeah, he, he's better suited for that than actually doing it. But but no, since since that happened, the Henry, Henry Ruggs thing, they lost to the Giants. They scored 16 points and lost to the Giants. They lost to the Chiefs, 41-14. to 14. And then they just lost to the Bengals and scored 13 points. So they, three straight defenses that, you know, I think the Chiefs are probably the the toughest. But like you said, I don't think the Chiefs are an elite defense by any means. And they haven't cracked 20 against any of them. So I think we'll be able to, they've still got some decent players. Darren Waller is definitely their biggest threat and the guy that worries me a little bit but I mean if we can contain Travis Kelsey I don't think he's 
capable of single-handedly beating us, and and he's kind of the only one that is at all capable of doing that. So I think if if Tyron Smith plays, I would say I'm going to say we win like 23 to 13. If he doesn't play, I think it would be more like it'll be like the second half of yesterday's game, but over a full game, and it would be like 13 to 10 or something something late. I I think we should win either way is is the bottom line, but definitely if Tyron Smith plays i think we'll win by more um i think dallas is going to be a 500 team for the rest of the season um the there's those the teams in the nfc are playing better and i think we're going to be a win one week lose next week type thing so i'm going to take them this week against the raiders yeah but then um they're going to have some problems after that yeah well i mean the the nfc east we've been kind of you know assuming the division is all all but ours but it's suddenly becoming a little more competitive the last i checked with the giants they were you know tied with the bucks Um, i don't think they'll win that but but the you know washington beat the bucks why they beat carolina the bucks aren't as good as people thought they would be uh they, they they're, are, they're, they're, dealing they're not with playing. They're not playing like Super Bowl champions. No, they're not right now. But I I think they'll do better as the, especially once they get they've got some injured players. Um, that's a big part of it, I think. But but yeah, I I right now they're not the best. They're not playing like the best team in the league. Um, the Did Cardinals they play team. New England this year? Yeah, yeah, they played. They played them week four, I think. They beat them yeah. by two points um uh, so yeah they, they haven't really had that's a game i would have liked to have seen yeah that was that was an entertaining game even though it wasn't very high scoring it was fun seeing did uh, belichick three. um what, did he acknowledge tom brady after the game or were they cold uh so i think they they had like a really quick short little thing in, in the middle of the field but then i think I want to say one of them went to the other one's locker and they like talked in private more more in detail, um, but yeah, as far as like on field in front of the cameras, it was pretty pretty curt, uh, just like hey, hey, and moved on. Um, but no, I, I think right now the Cardinals are far and away looking like the best team and, and the you know toughest and the most the one team that seems like a a true super bowl team in in that they're dealing with a lot of adversity they've lost jj watt i mean i i'm giving excuses for for the cowboys but they've lost jj watt they lost kyler murray and deandre hopkins yeah they've won two of three games with with colt mccoy at quarterback wait a second wait a second wait a second I think it was just a nightmare that I had. But wasn't there a draft where the decision was T.J. Watt or Taco Charlton? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure okay. was. Yeah, I just want to. Sure was. Next time people throw flour, there's a Will McClay's feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, T.J. Watt is a beast. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's injured right now, and the Steelers are – him being injured 
goes to show you how much of an, how much he made that defense single-handedly. Like they they look like one of the worst defenses in the league now, and with him they were one definitely a top ten defense. And you know in previous years, did they years, win last five. night or did Los Angeles? No, they, they lost forty-one to thirty-seven. Gave up forty-one points without him. Um, but no, I I think the you know Washington and the Eagles especially are looking formidable and and I was talking about this a little last week of how few teams there are that are really you know run heavy teams that can really exploit our bad run defense so the Chiefs as I expected ran the ball kind of at will when they wanted to but just chose not to run most of the time and that was that was one thing about this game is like it was a 10 point loss but it seemed like it could have been a lot more if they had just you know continued to run the they could have run out the clock faster and I think they could have made it look a lot more lopsided if they had just run the ball on us because they because we really didn't stop them at all and and that's per usual for this you know interior defense so but that said, there's not a lot of teams that can do that or want to do that. But the Eagles, I think, are one. The Eagles, as opposed to early in the season when we played them, when they ran the ball well, but they only ran it like five times, they're right. now running the ball a lot and having success with it, and they're on a winning streak, I think, in large part due to that. I, I still don't really buy their defense. They're they're pretty a pretty... They've got some good players, but they've got such a generic scheme that I think we should still be able to score on us on them, but they're definitely going to be a tougher team right. the second time we play them. And, and Washington, I think it, we're, we're going to be playing them at their best. Their defense seems to be playing better now. So I, I think okay. this is a, a must-win game for us with the rest of our schedule looking a little tougher than I think it did even maybe three weeks ago. Right. Um, but I think we will win, and, um, yeah, especially if Tyron Smith's back. So, yeah, all right, I think so let's wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll do it for this week. But, um, but yeah, thanks all for, uh, for tuning in, and we'll be back next week for another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. Uh, right. So until then, we'll sign off.